Hey church, welcome back. Let's get into the word. You know, we've been on a series called Kingdom Dynamics uh, and it has been such a life tra- transforming series. You know, I love uh, everything about the kingdom. It's so dynamic, it's so diverse uh, and, and, and I love it. I absolutely love the kingdom of God. Uh, today, you know, we're going to go deeper in understanding uh, kingdom dynamics and, and the title of my message today is uh, Kingdom Community. Okay, and I want to answer the question, why do you and I need the church? Or why do you and I need the kingdom community? I want you to go to Psalm 92 and we'll read two verses there and then we'll take it on from there. All right, so Psalm 92 verse 12 says this, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. I'm going to read verse 13 again. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, planted in the house of the Lord, shall flourish in the courts of our God. This is an absolute treasure of a verse. And and we must understand that you know, flourishing or prospering or being fruitful, uh, uh, you know, or replenishing the earth. These are, these are natural to a righteous person. So the context of verse 13 is actually in verse 12, where he says, you know, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. I've done a teaching about the palm tree before, but I want to talk about, you know, what it means to be planted in the house of the Lord, you know, flourishing or being fruitful, uh, or, or prospering is, is directly linked to where you're planted. In other terms, it's where God plants you. Flourishing or being prosperous in the kingdom is linked to one thing called being righteous. God calls you out of darkness. He calls you out of the kingdom. He brings you out of the kingdom of darkness and He plants you in the kingdom of light. But in the kingdom, He plants you in His house. He plants you in His, uh, you know, in His courts. It is where you are, you are planted in the house of the Lord and it is in His courts that you flourish or you're prosperous. And I really believe that this word planted is, is the Hebrew word called shotal. And what it means is to be transplanted. He's not planting you as a seed in the ground. He's plucking a tree, you as a tree, out of the ground from the darkness and He's transplanting you into the kingdom of light. All right, that's why the psalmist says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord or those who are transplanted from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, in the house of the Lord, in the community of God, in the church of God, in the church of Jesus Christ, are prosperous or flourish. Prosperity is directly linked to where you are planted. You know, it's very important for us to understand that the, that the church that you go to and the community is different from the community you're a part of. And what I mean by that is a lot of people attend church, but they're not part of the community. See, flourishing is directly linked to the community that you're a part of. Flourishing or prospering in the kingdom of God as a righteous person. You can be a righteous person and not prosper. 
You can be a righteous person going to church and still not prosper. You can be a righteous person, according to the scripture, you can be a righteous person and be planted where God plants you, right? In a community and then prosper. Why? Because the house of the Lord is the kingdom of God. The house of the Lord is the community where God plants you in. So you and I don't decide which church to go to. You can decide which church you want to attend, but for you to prosper in the kingdom of God, you need to be a part of a community. So there's a difference between you attending a church, going to a church, and you being a part of a church. There's a difference between you uh, attending a service and you being a part of a community. See, prosperity doesn't, is not natural within us. It is where we're planted, where we, where we, we find our roots in. We can't find our roots in, in any house. We find our roots in a community of believers, a community called the body of Christ. Now you can be in, 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 in you can attend any church you want, but there are, there's something about being a part of a community. And here the psalmist is saying that those who are planted in the house of the Lord, where is your home? Where is your home community? Where do you call home? Because where you call home is the place that God has destined for you and I to flourish in. It's Life Church Global is a community of believers that gather together, that believe the same value system, that have the same value system, but God looks at other people who are in the kingdom of darkness and brings them into Life Church Global because He has destined Life Church Global to be the community where you and I prosper. This is a powerful word. See, because a lot of people said, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I go to that church. Yeah, you might go to that church, but do you, are you a part of that church? Because if you're a part of that church, that's the church that God has planted you in. And you can't think that, okay, today I can go to this church, tomorrow I can go to that church, and I, I, my, my family goes to this church, and, and I attend that church. No, ladies and gentlemen, God has positioned you and I in a church, in a family. And when we're planted in that family, when, we're, when we dig our roots deep into that family and we build relationships and we, we get stronger with that family, relationally with that family, that is where the community, the kingdom community that God has planted you in is the community that God has destined for you to prosper. You know, all our miracles, all our breakthroughs, all our signs and wonders really is, is in the ground that you're planted in. It is in that place that when we dig deep into the Word of God together as a community that we begin to manifest the miracle signs and wonders. See, God has destined the church community to be the ground where you and I are prosperous in. He didn't, he didn't make the church building the place where you and I experience prosperity from. We can talk about church as an organization or we can talk about church as a family. And you know, family, no family on the planet is perfect. No church community is perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody makes, has flaws. But the thing is, but the thing I want to share with you today is that God has destined an imperfect church family, community to be the place where 
you and I prosper from. That's how amazing this God is. He didn't create a perfect environment, a perfect, uh, you know, everything is perfect in the church. Everybody is perfect in the church. And he brings you into that kind of an environment. It's an imperfect environment. You know, people want, want to experience prosperity. They want favor. They want a blessing from a place that they attend, but they don't want to go deep in relationships uh, and, and experience prosperity from that place. See, God is relational. God is a God of community. He's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He, they're a community in themselves. And it is in community, in kingdom community that God has established prosperity. And only when you understand, you and I understand that we need to go deep in relationships with God and with one another, uh, with God's word and with one another, that is the place where God has destined for you and I to flourish. You know, I want you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9 and I want to read two verses there. Because I really feel like God wants to establish something here today. Verse 16 and 17 says this. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. For the patch pulls away from the garment and a tear is made worse. Verse 17. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins or else the wineskins break and the wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. Now, we must understand what Jesus is trying to say here. Jesus has brought us out of darkness into and he's placed us into a community. That community, ladies and gentlemen, is a wineskin. Okay? Now, the wine that he's talking about here is a new wine. There's an unhealthy value system that has crept into the church for new wine. Okay? We, we think that the new wine is better than the old wine. And I want to set the record straight today because we, we've created a value for the new wine and we think that the new wine is better than the old wine. See, what we need to really establish is it's not about the wine at the, at the moment. It's the wine skin that God is addressing in this parable. It's the wine skin. He's saying, don't put new wine in old wine skins. The church or the community that God has established for you and I is the, the community that he's established for you and I is a new wine skin. You can't take a new move of the Holy Spirit and put it in an old system, in temples and, and, and tabernacles and sacrifices and the law. Jesus is saying, listen, there's a move of the Holy Spirit that is coming because of my sacrifice. And that Holy Spirit, the wine of the Holy Spirit is going to flow in such a way when it gets into the wineskin, if the wineskin does not expand and, and mature, while the, while the wine is fermenting, it'll break the wineskin. And so Jesus is, is communicating to us that the wineskin, the community that God has called us, the kingdom community, is, is something that is brand new. It is something that is fresh. It has to be something fresh. Why? It's because it needs to be pliable when the new wine is poured in. See, a lot of us carry a high value for new wine and not the old wine. 
But actually speaking, it is the old wine that carries more value than the new wine. You know, in, 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 in making wines, you know, they, they, you look in the market and they look at the age when the wine was made, the time, the year that the wine was made. And the older the wine, the higher the value for it. And Jesus is trying to say the same thing to us. You know, he's, he's, he's talking about the wine of the Holy Spirit, the, the move of the Holy Spirit that is going to be poured out into the church, into the community. It is not in a building. It's not how old the building is that matters. It's how new the community is when God pours out His Spirit. In the book of Acts, now, you have the Holy Spirit, Pentecost coming. Right? Where, where does Pentecost happen? It happens when a group of people, a community of believers, a community of people who are in obedience to Jesus' word are gathering together, right, in one accord. The community comes and believes the same thing together and they're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. Then God pours out his spirit upon a community of believers. He didn't pour out his spirit on a temple. He didn't pour out his spirit on a tabernacle. He didn't pour out his spirit on the law. He didn't pour out his spirit on a sacrifice. He poured out his spirit upon a community of believers, ladies and gentlemen. He, the community of believers is where God is established for you and I to prosper. We experience long life when we are part of a community. We experience the blessing of the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit when we are in a community of believers. And so we see now that the Holy Spirit that rested upon people in the Old Testament now was, being f was, was filled into people in the New Testament. When the Holy Spirit came and filled a person, it was because that person was in a community. It was in a fellowship. It was in a kingdom community. The Holy Spirit did not just come upon an individual now. The Holy Spirit came upon a group of people that came together to become the church. So the church is really not a building. The church is not a place where you go to. The church is not a service that you attend. The church is a group of people that you call family. The church is a community of people that gather around the same value systems that all of us have. And so it is this community that Jesus says, hey, listen, I'm going to pour out my spirit. I'm going to pour out the new wine. And we need to put new wine in, into new wineskins. When you put new wine into new wineskins, ladies and gentlemen, the wine of the Holy Spirit matures. And when it matures, when it ferments, when it matures, so does the wineskin. See, we only think about the wine, but Jesus is really addressing the wineskin here. He's talking about the community. When we think about Life Church Global, we think it's just another church. But actually speaking, it's a, it's a group of people that come together to believe the same value systems that God is releasing into our lives. It's the values of the kingdom that bring us together and keep us together. See, when the Holy, when the, when the Holy Spirit is poured upon Life Church Global, it's poured into Life Church Global, you and I have a choice now to stay committed and stay planted in this community. 
Why? Is because what God poured out in the first year into us now has to mature every single year. And so as a church community, as we, as we mature, as the wineskin stretches, as we begin to stretch into one another, as we begin to flex our muscles, as we begin to apply the word of God in our lives, now the reason why we do that is because we want to stretch ourselves so that the wine matures. See, we must understand that there, there, there is no longer another outpouring of the Holy Spirit. God poured out His Spirit once at Pentecost. And that wine has been poured out into the church. It's been poured out into a community of believers. That community of believers has been growing, okay, has been spreading all across the world, has been moving into different locations. When persecution hits, they spread into all different areas. And wherever they go, they create a community. They create a, a gathering of believers and the Holy Spirit now begins to flow into them and when they flow into them, as life goes on, as time goes on, ladies and gentlemen, the community expands and expands and expands. Why? It's because the wine of the Holy Spirit was maturing. See, the, the difference between new wine and old wine, the reason why we have a high value for old wine or vintage wine, that's what we call it. It has gone through the test of time. See, time in a community is very important. Being committed, planted, transplanted, and going deep in, into a community is very, very important. Some people are very impatient. They're impatient because they're expecting certain things to happen. They're expecting a move of the Holy Spirit when, the, when, when it's not time yet. They're expecting God to do, let's do another Pentecost God. Let's do something else like you've done before in the, in, in the Bible or, or, you know, in this revival or that revival. And we, we want those moves of the Holy Spirit, not realizing that it took time for that community to begin to manifest those moves. Like look at, look at um, a, the Pensacola revival. People were praying for over 20 years for that revival to happen. And suddenly a man of God comes and, and it literally kickstarts the revival in the whole of America and Canada. It started because people gathered together and they started praying for a move of the Holy Spirit. But they still, they were committed for over 20 years. They were committed to one another. They were committed to a community. They continued to serve. They continued to apply the word. They continued to give. They continued to support the ministry. They continued to do it. Why? Because they were expecting a move of the Holy Spirit anytime soon. But when the time was right... The Bible, says, the, the Bible says that the Lord will pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. Where do you think He's going to pour out the Spirit from? He's not going to fall from heaven. He's going to manifest from the kingdom community. The community that stays together, the community that does life together, the community that, that, you know, fights for one another, the community that builds covenant relationships with one another, not saying, okay, today, today I'm upset with you. I don't want to have a relationship with you. I'm, going, I'm done, man. I'm done with this church. I'm done with these people. No, no, no. A kingdom community is a community where people have forged relationships, eternal relationships. We do life forever. We're friends for a long, forever. We do relationship together forever, not temporary. Oh, I'm here just for, for a season and then I'm going to go away. 
No, no, ladies and gentlemen, we do life together. Even if we're in different countries, we do life together. See, that is a kingdom community. The church, it can be in different places, but we're still connected by the same spirit, the same DNA, the same skin of Jesus. We're part of his body. You know, I would love for you to go to Matthew chapter 16. Let's read from verse 13 to 19. And when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, very important question, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? All right. So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, Simon Peter answered and said to him, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now, we'll just stop here for, for a few minutes, okay? Now, the, Jesus is in Caesarea Philippi. Now, it's, a, it's not Jerusalem, which is the center of, 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 of Jewish belief, okay? Or, or, relig- or a religious place. It's a secular place where Jesus is having a discussion with his disciples. And Jesus is not having uh, an identity crisis moment right now. Jesus is, is talking to them because it's very important to him. What do men say? that he is, who he is, and what do the disciples say who he is, okay? Now, to answer his question, the disciples say, some say you're, you're, you know, you are one of the prophets, you are Jeremiah, you are John the Baptist uh, come in the flesh, uh, or you are Elijah the prophet. Now, we must understand what that symbolizes, okay? We're talking about kingdom community now, okay? When Israel... Israel was chosen as a community, God's people. They were chosen to be God's people, God's treasure. They were, they, they, they were God's favorite people on the planet, okay? And so now as a community, God wanted Israel to have this relationship with God where God would bless Israel and the whole, all the other nations would look at Israel and see how much God has blessed Israel and now turn to God and have a relationship with Him. Okay, that was God's plan. But Israel, every time Israel experienced blessing, after a few years, they sort of backslid in their ways. They followed other gods, they, they chased after other idols, they, they, wanted, they, got, they allowed themselves to get mixed in their culture, in their belief system, and they really did not have a personal relationship with God. All right? And so God would send a prophet. Or God would send a, a mighty man of, uh, 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 of faith. Or God would send a, 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 one of his judges to come and, and teach and equip the people. Uh, they, he, they, these, these prophets would come in and judge the people. They would come in and do miracle signs and wonders. And that's when Israel would repent and turn away from their wicked ways and go back to God. Israel believed, right, that Jesus was another man. And so when they believed that he was another prophet, they would... Their destiny was only limited to having a relationship with God, literally being blessed for some time, and then it fades away. Who do men say that Jesus is, is important for their future? 
who the disciples say Jesus is, is very important for their future. Why? Because Jesus was not like one of the prophets. Although he was a prophet, he was not like one of the prophets. He came to establish the kingdom. He came to establish a community that would now carry the Holy Spirit within it. The prophets of old had the Holy Spirit come upon them. These great men of old that had the Holy Spirit come upon them, they would do phenomenal things, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't stay in them. The Holy Spirit dwelling in a person, dwelling in a community is vital for the community to experience a long life of prosperity. So God is interested in you and I really experiencing prosper, eternal prosperity, not just temporary prosperity. And so Jesus now is asking his disciples, who do you say I am? The question I have for you is what is your revelation of Jesus? Because your revelation of Jesus will determine whether you are part of the body or you're just visiting the body every single Friday. And Peter comes up on the scene and he tells Jesus, Hey, Jesus, I believe that you are the Christ. You are the one who God has anointed with the Holy Spirit. You are the one that, that, that is the son of the living God. Not, not, not just anybody else now, not just another prophet. You are the son, the only begotten son of God who has come to take away the sin of the world. You are the Messiah. And so Jesus now tells him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. And then Jesus goes on to say this, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now this is phenomenal. Because we must understand this is the first time Jesus uses or addresses a kingdom community. He addresses a community that he always intended for Israel to have. He always intended for it, for them to have this mindset of, of community. He always wanted his spirit to dwell upon a community and not just a single person. God wanted to dwell with man. He wanted to dwell in man. He wanted to be in you. He wanted to be upon you. He wanted to be all around you. He wanted to be one with you. And so here now, Peter says, hey, you are the anointed one. You are the body of Christ is anointed with the spirit of Christ. This is powerful, ladies and gentlemen. If you can only understand what Jesus is trying to present to us today. He's saying, listen, my body is not a weekly service. My body is a group of people, a community that gathers together that is the target of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is not just one person. It's not on an individual. It's when everyone comes together and builds community. That's when when community is forged, when relationships are, are, are built, for eternal relationships are built, that's when the Holy Spirit begins to now start maturing on the inside of you. That's when the Word of God starts maturing on the inside of you and the Holy Spirit begins to pour out from you into all the world. See, God wants to bring transformation in the world, 
but he won't do it without a community. He won't do it without a kingdom community. A community that is focused on the kingdom, that is built on the kingdom, that, is, that, that finds its roots in the kingdom of God. But there are two things that we need to understand here. Jesus says, I will build my church. I will build my community. I will build my kingdom community. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. How does he build this community? The way he builds this community is by revelation. He says, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. We must understand that it's not only divine revelation that builds the church, but it is also the confession of the community that builds the church. It is divine revelation and our confession to one another that really builds or strengthens the church. We think that we can come now and preach, give revelation, revelation, revelation. Ladies and gentlemen, people have been giving awesome revelation since the time the Bible, even Paul has been given awesome revelation from the beginning of time. We must understand. But revelation without a community does not build the church. Revelation without confession in a community, a community, group of people that come together and confess the same revelation. I believe that Jesus is the Christ. I believe that He is the Son of the living God. I believe this is what He says, where two or three are gathered together in my name. What does that mean? It means that you and I confess the same name of Jesus. We have a divine revelation that He is the Son of God and we confess it. That when you and I confess it and we hang out together, now He begins to build the church. But we must understand, this word church that is mentioned here, Jesus actually did not use the word church. The English word church was actually, is not even actually in the Bible. The word that Jesus uses over here is the, is the Greek word ecclesia. This word church is actually uh, derived from a Latin word called kirk. And this Latin word kirk actually finds its origins in a Greek word called kuriakas. And this word kuriakas was actually introduced into uh, the, the, the text 300 in the year 300 AD. Which means 300 years after the, the original text was written, this word kuriakas was introduced into the scriptures by the translators. And so that word became church eventually and now it was introduced into the Bible. And this word kuriakas means the Lord's house or the temple or the dome or, or what we call the building, the church building. And so it has been preached for a long time that Jesus will build his church, the building, right, based on revelation, that divine revelation. And we've been thinking, hey, listen, you know, Jesus will build his church. Yes, Jesus will build his ecclesia, not just the building. He will build his community. And the community, the body of Christ is built based on two things. It's built, it's built based on the divine revelation from God 
and it is the confession within the community. These two elements is what really builds the church. Now, this word uh, ecclesia was uh, was is was not a new term in during the time of Jesus. It's not like a new revelation, new Greek word that was introduced. So the so the word that Jesus uses actually here in the scripture, he says, "Upon this rock, I will build my ecclesia," and that word ecclesia is is was not a new word for Jesus in those days. That word ecclesia is actually finds its origins about 500 years before Jesus, before Christ, 500, actually 580 BC. The word kuriakas was, was, finds its origin 300 years after the death of Jesus. So Jesus really wasn't talking about the building of church the meeting church, you know, the, 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 the gathering of where, where people get, the building where people gather that we call church. He's not talking about that, but he's talking about ecclesia. Ecclesia finds its roots in, in, in Greece where at that time, 500 years before Jesus, was, was actually a, a city-states that came together to form Greece. Very much like, like the UAE. It's seven emirates. It's like Dubai, Abu Dhabi, and all the other emirates coming together to form the UAE. Greece was very similar to that, but actually it was run by what they call aristocrats. Like, for example, Athens was, was run by an, 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 Athens was run by a, an aristocrat. But because there were many city-states together, they could not come to, uh, to make decisions because they were always at war with one another. And so now what they did was they, they, they established what is called a single person called a tyrant. Now, when we think of the word tyrant, we have a bad meaning in mind. But actually, during those days, a tyrant was a person that, that all the aristocrats elected. Okay? But eventually, this, this tyrant, uh, this person who was a tyrant, because of the power that was given to them, uh, you know, started abusing the power and they were not giving the power back to the aristocrats. They were holding on to the power and, and there was, again, there was tension between that. So what they did was, they said, in Greece, if there was a law that was going to be passed in Greece, if there was anything that, these, that, that was going to happen in Greece, it was going to be decided by the citizens of Greece. The citizens, this is where we get democracy from. The citizens of Greece were going to come together and they were going to sit down in an assembly and they were going to agree or disagree upon anything that any law that was introduced. And so now what they had to do, they had to bring 6,000 citizens together in an assembly, right? And these 6,000 people, all 6,000 had to agree upon one thing. And when now, when they agree upon one thing, it was established. And Jesus is saying, hey, listen, it's not, he's not building his church like what we think the church to be in modern times. He says, I'm building my ecclesia. I'm building my ecclesia on the earth, my body of believers, my people who, my, my church or my community of believers. I'm building my community. How do we build that community? We're citizens of heaven on the earth. And when we come together, 
and we can decide whether certain things happen on the earth or not. You must understand how powerful this is. Jesus saying, I'm going to build my ecclesia, not just any church. He says, I'm going to build my ecclesia. And when this ecclesia, who are citizens of heaven on the earth, come together and they agree upon one thing, it shall be established in the nation that they live in. This is powerful. See, I've taken my time now to establish this teaching for you because you need to understand how important it is, how important it is for you to be a part of a church. Church is just, we call church an English term for ecclesia. But how important it is for you and I to be a part of this group of believers who do life together. We're all citizens of heaven. We're all on the earth here. And we're all establishing relationships with one another. Why? Because God has a perfect will. And now if you and I come in agreement with one another, now we can establish the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. We, we must understand, Jesus is saying to Peter now, this is fabulous. He says, verse 18, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell, Hades, will not prevail against it. And I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on the earth will be loosed in heaven. My God, he's giving the keys of the kingdom not to one man, not to a church or a denomination, but he's giving the keys of the kingdom to a community of believers, a kingdom community, people that come together to believe the same thing. Now, Life Church Global, we have a value for life. We all come around and we, 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 we build relationships around this value called life. Now, in this community, if there's death anywhere around in this city, if our community can come together and we can say, if there's life in heaven, there should be life on the earth. And if all of us as the ecclesia of Life Church Global come together and decide that we cancel death in this city, trust me, heaven will manifest on the earth. Because Jesus is saying to his, his disciples, teaching them, Father, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. But how as it is in heaven is established on the earth is because the ecclesia come together. The ecclesia, the, the brethren come together, the sisters come together, the family, the church family come together and we agree upon the same things. So you and I, we can't be a part of a family that speaks different languages. We can't understand one another. If you have the value system of the, of, of the law in a grace culture, your, your, your wineskin needs to be adjusted. Your wineskin needs to be changed. You must understand that when Jesus came and he established his body on the earth, he established a new creation. He did away with the old wineskin. He did away with the old mindset. He did away with the old ways of doing things. The temples and the sacrifices and all that stuff. He did away with it. He fulfilled. He was a fulfillment of that. So that his body, you and I can be established into his body. 
And when we're established into his body, now anything that God wants to happen on the earth, if you and I come in agreement with it, come on, if you and I come in agreement with it on earth, it shall be established on earth as it is in heaven. Let me give you an example. In the beginning of the year, before the COVID-19 hit, we went before God and I asked God, what is your, what do you have to say about COVID-19 for Life Church Global? And he said, Life Church Global is a virus-free zone. And I, and I don't know if you remember this, but we, I came into church and we had a phenomenal move of the Holy Spirit that day. We said, we, we prayed, we established, and we said, we declared over our families. We declared over every single person in Life Church Global. We all, the church came together in agreement. And we said, Life Church Global, we decided Life Church Global decided that Life Church Global was a virus-free zone. We decided that it was a cancer-free zone. And not a single person has been affected by COVID-19. Why? It's because the ecclesia, the government of God on earth has established, the citizens of heaven have established a rule, a, a law on the earth. It's a law of heaven, the law of the spirit on the earth. We have established. Now sickness is not allowed in our church. Job loss is not allowed in our church. Debt is not. A, now come on, I can go through every single thing like this. And you, you must understand, when we come in agreement with it, when we come together and agree together and we hold on to these values, we don't decide today, we don't agree today and then disagree tomorrow. The wineskin stretches. When we receive a fresh word, it comes into the wineskin and then it matures over a period of time. See, if God said this virus is not going to touch our church, do you think our people are not tested? They're tested. But because of faith, because we stand together, our whole community stands together against us, now that word is tested. It doesn't have power. Now the word of God begins to mature. Now from virus, it goes to cancer. From cancer, it goes to AIDS. It goes to crippling diseases. It goes to scoliosis. It goes to people in wheelchairs. It goes to every single thing that causes death in the church. Now we have established that only life will rule and reign in our lives. Come on now. And so because of that, because we come, the ecclesia comes together and it decides on certain things. Now, you and I begin to flourish in the courts of our God. Come on, somebody. I'm tying, I'm tying everything together now. And Jesus says, Peter, upon, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. See, Jesus was in, it was in Philippi, Caesarea Philippi, and it was a secular state. And those days, there, in that place, there was a huge rock. And Jesus was probably close to that place when he was talking to his disciples. And he says, and, 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 the, and history says this, that at the base of that rock, there were four temples. One temple was to the god Zeus. One, another temple was to Caesar. The third temple was to another god called Pal. And the fourth temple was called the gates of Hades. And Jesus is saying this, my ecclesia is not like any other temple. 
My ecclesia is not, going to, is not going to be built like any of these other temples right now. My ecclesia sits right on top of the rock. Right high above every other temple. High above every other principality. High above every power of darkness. And the gates of Hades. Let me tell you something. The devil only has gates left. Oh, come on. The devil does not have a kingdom. He only has gates. And you and I are progressing. He says the gates of Hades will not prevail against you. Why? Because you are set upon a rock. He who builds a house upon a rock, even when the waves come, will not crash, will not break the house down. Why? Because it's a kingdom of people. It's a community of people that when you're feeling weak, I come to you and I pick you up and I hold you and I hold you strong. Why? It's because I'm not fighting against you. I'm fighting for you. In this moment, in a moment where we're weakened, why are we weakened, ladies and gentlemen? We're not weak because we don't like one another. We're weak because our faith goes down in what we believe. The value systems that we have set in place in the kingdom of God, the value systems that God has set in place for Life Church Global, when you start losing sight of those value systems, then you start losing sight of your relationships with one another. But when you are weak, ladies and gentlemen, somebody else in the community is strong. And if you don't have relationships with people, you will start fading away from the community. But I'll tell you something, when you start fading away from a community that is this powerful, you are literally making yourself, you're positioning yourself to not be fruitful, multiply and replenish. You're saying to God, you're not interested in his prosperity. You're, in, you're not interested in, in flourishing. You're not interested in, in being, being a blessing. Because when you are a blessing, when you flourish, now God can use that manifestation of that flourishing to now impact the nations. See, transformation in the world does not come because Pastor John decided it. Transformation in the world does not happen because of one man called John Bestowich. Transformation in the world happens because every single person in Life Church Global believes that their purpose in this community is to bring transformation to the world around us. It's not just divine revelation, ladies and gentlemen. Many people hear the word, but they don't have a personal revelation of Jesus. Many people attend church because they like to listen to new messages all the time. They don't like, you know, this community stuff. No, 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 I, I, it's okay, man. You know, I, give, me, give me fresh word, brother. Give me meat, give me meat. Baba, you can't handle milk in the first place. When you are asking for a fresh revelation, you're saying, God... I love this community and I've built strong relationships with the community. Now give me the word. Give us, give us, give us the word. Give us a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. 
Come on now. It's no longer give me, give me, give me. Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me. No, it is bless us as a community. It's bless the family, God. Lord, when the family is blessed, I am blessed. When the family is prosperous, when the community is prosperous, I am prosperous. When the community is flourishing, I am flourishing. See, we need to stop thinking about ourselves and start thinking about the community because God thinks community and not just self. Oh, this is powerful. God believes in a kingdom community more than just one person. I say this a lot. I say I've said this many times. The one man ministry died on the cross. And when that one man died on the cross, he gave birth to the community. It is a community of worshippers. It is a community of lifers. It's a community of businessmen in life. It's a community of housewives in life. See, you must understand that many people attend church, but they are not part of the church. They're not plugged into a community, into an assembly. See, the ecclesia is a gathering of 6,000 people to agree upon something or disagree upon something. We have an ecclesia happening every single Friday and every single Tuesday. Oh, come on. Come on. Just imagine how important your role is to this city and this nation. The economy, you can decide what happens in the economy. Not any other nation. You and I decide. Paul says, do not neglect the assembling of the brethren. The assembly of the brethren. Why does he say do not neglect the assembly? It's because very important decisions are made in the assembly. Come on, man. Come on, I hope you're getting it. I hope you understand why now it is so, church is so important for you. Why church, a community, is so important for you? Do you think we just like to waste people's time by having church uh, every Friday or having life group every Friday? My God, every, every Tuesday, life group every Tuesday, you think we're wasting your time? You think we don't have anything else to do? You must understand, you are getting two opportunities a week to come together as an assembly to make a decision of what happens on the earth. Powerful. You must take it seriously. Because if you don't take it seriously, you must question, am I a citizen of heaven? If I am a citizen of heaven and I have a purpose on the earth, my responsibility in the kingdom is to agree or disagree on something. I disagree that sickness is allowed in my church. I disagree that debt is allowed in my church, in, in our community. I agree that perfect health is allowed in our community. I agree that every single person will not live in lack in this community. I, who is with me? Are you with me? If you're with me, I want you now to agree with me that debt is cancelled in our church. Come on. Sickness is cancelled in our church. Come on, this is the ecclesia coming together. We've got to come together to, to shake the earth, man. We cancel 
any recession that is happening. If you and I don't agree, what hope is there for the earth? If you and I decide, oh, well, I don't like this church. I don't like how he speaks. I don't like what his decisions are. My God, you are telling God that you're not interested in prospering. You decide what happens in your life. But the rest of us, we're going to move on into doing awesome things for the kingdom of God. We come together as a church. We come together as a community every single Friday, every single Tuesday to decide big things. I want you to type out in that comment and say, I will decide big things. I will make big decisions in the kingdom of God. You're not just a small fry. You must understand, you are massive. You are important. Your vote counts. How do I know this? Read, read verse 19 again with me. And he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You know what that means? In another text, the original text or the implication of that text is this. That whatever you have bound on the earth would have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth would have already been loosed in heaven. We, which means I'm a citizen in heaven. If, if, if perfect health is loosed on the earth, then it becomes my responsibility to come to the ecclesia and now bring forth a new law. And that new law is perfect health in the body. Perfect health in my city. Perfect health in my nation. And I begin to prophesy it. And as I prophesy it, the ecclesia come together and we say yes and amen. I agree that this thing has to happen in, in our city and in our nation. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the power of the church. This is the power of the ecclesia. This is the power of the community coming together to agree on one thing. Peter made the confession and he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, "God, hey, listen, nobody has revealed this, but God has revealed this to you. It was a confession that he made. What is your confession? Do you confess saying, I am poor, I don't have money, I'm sick in my body? What is your confession today? Because the confession of the community decides how prosperous this community will be. We speak, ladies and gentlemen, you must understand, all of us should speak the same language. We should speak the same value systems. The kingdom, the values of the kingdom on earth. I want you quickly now to go to Genesis chapter 11. I want to show you something really awesome here now. Genesis, this is the story of the Tower of Babel. And verse 1 says this, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. Okay? Now, don't think the Tower of Babel is bad. Okay, just please understand, God is not intimidated by somebody building a long, a tall building, okay? There was something that God wanted men to do, but they were not doing it, okay? Now he says this, now the whole earth had one language and one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Verse 3 says, then they said to one another, come. Then they said to one another, which means they're all speaking the same language. 
Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, here this, now listen to this. Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower. So it was not only a tower, it was a city and a tower. Now they're all, the assembly, the ecclesia are coming together and they're saying, hey guys, let's build a city for ourselves and one tower. Okay? Whose top is, the heaven, is in the heavens, let us make a name for ourselves, lest, here's the problem, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Okay? The problem is not building a city, the problem is not building a tower. People have said a, a lot of, Christians have said a lot of things about uh, this city and this tower. Okay? And I cancel those words in Jesus' name. Because this city is awesome. This tower is awesome. It's phenomenal. It's the best in the world. You should come and visit this city. The problem is this. Lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. God wanted man to be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. Which means they, God wanted the earth to be full of man. Okay? God wanted man to be fruitful all across the world. But these people said, no, 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 we're going we're gonna to stick together. Okay, this is the issue here. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of man had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, listen to this. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Wow, this is God saying now. So the tower in the city, when God was not intimidated by it. But the fact that they have all come together speaking the same language, now nothing will be withheld from them. Whoa, which means they could do everything. They could do everything. Why? Because the ecclesia came together, the community came together and was speaking the same language. Come on, man. If every single person in Life Church Global speaks life, life in your marriage, life in your finances, life in your workplace, life in your businesses, come on, if we can all speak the same language together, now nothing, nothing that we decide will be withheld from us. Come on, you've got to understand. There's a, that it's a powerful principle. Nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Which means we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. All things is our portion. We will be successful in all things. Why? Because all of us have come together and we're speaking. We're, we have the same revelation and we have the same confession. We have the same revelation and we have the same confession. We have the same revelation, same confession and application in our lives. Come, let us go down there. And, and le come, let us go down and there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad and there over the face of the earth and they ceased building the city. All right, this is, this is phenomenal. Okay, because God said, if these guys can come together and they can agree upon something, Nothing will stop them. <laughs> come on. Come on. Come on. I, I, hope you, I hope you understand what I'm saying right now. If Life Church Global can build eternal covenant relationships with one another, 
so that we can now agree upon certain things that God wants to do on the earth. Now nothing will be withheld from Life Church Global. Come on, that's a prophetic word in itself. Nothing, whatever church you're a part of, whatever community you're a part of, if it's a kingdom community and God says, hey, listen, you go into that community and you build relationships with them, become a part of this wineskin, become strong in relationships with them. Now, whatever word comes into that wineskin, even though it matures over a period of time and the wineskin stretches, you're stretched in your life, nothing will stop you from accomplishing what God has said you will do. This is powerful, church. This is very, very powerful. This season has really presented us with an opportunity. This COVID season has really told us as a church that we were about a service every single Friday and every single Tuesday. We were about a building. It was a building and a service that we provided that, that attracted people and people were committed to that. And hearts were exposed in this area that we were not committed to one another relationally. And God is saying the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, being fruitful, multiply, replenishing, being prosperous in your life is not by attending a meeting. It is by being the meeting. It's not by attending a service. It's not by, I'm present at life group, but my heart is really not at life group. I'm just going to life group because Pastor John asked me to go to life group. No, but even though life groups are not happening physically, life groups are happening spiritually. The Spirit of God is in your life group. And as a life group, that life group is an ecclesia. If you can forge eternal relationships with your life coach, with one another, ladies and gentlemen, you can come together. Why? It's because God planted you in that life group. God planted you in Life Church Global. If you can build relationships with people in your life group, now you become strong. And when you become strong relationally, now whatever you agree upon, Come on. Even at a life group level, even if it's two, even if it's three, even if it's five people, if you can come together and you can agree upon something, whatever you agree upon on earth is already established in heaven. Come on. Whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven because somebody there is now bringing a word from heaven, a fresh revelation, bringing fresh revelation every single Friday and submitting it to your feet. And now as the church of Jesus Christ, not Pastor John, as the church of Jesus Christ, I am just, a, I'm just bringing a fresh revelation. Hey, I'm just Peter. Hey, Peter is just now speaking to you now today and he's saying, hey, this is Jesus Christ. This is the Christ, the son of the living God. I'm just presenting this this revelation to you today but you have an opportunity you sitting there right now wherever you are you have an opportunity to come together with your life group to come together with your besties you can come together with your friends in church and you can say hey listen where two or three are gathered oh come on where two or three are gathered together in my name there am I in the midst if the ecclesia comes together just two or three not six thousand in the kingdom, it's just you are two or three is powerful in the kingdom. 
where two or three come together and agree upon a certain thing, it shall be established. We, this, is a COVID, this COVID season is a perfect season to really establish the church of Jesus Christ. This COVID season is not a problem, ladies and gentlemen. It's actually a revealer. It's revealing the new season that God is taking us in. The season is saying, hey, listen, a family of three or four come together, father, mother, and two kids come together and bring a dog also, uh, and, or the other one as well. Just two of them sit together and agree. Can you agree with your sons and your daughters in your family? Can, your, can sons and daughters, you know, agree with the parents about certain things? If you can only agree upon those things, it shall be established. Oh, come on. I, f- I, feel like, I feel like jumping into the camera right now. If you can only agree upon one thing that God is saying for your family, upon one thing that God is saying for your, for your life group, one thing that God is saying about your life coach or your pastors or the leaders of the church, if you can agree about one thing, it shall be established. And when it's established, now it begins to mature over a period of time. It's tested over a period of time. And then you shall start bearing fruit because the Spirit is going to pour out. God is going to pour out His Spirit like never before. Why is God giving us this revelation today? It's because while every other community around the world gathers online, Life Church Global is gathering in the spirit. We are gathering in the spirit. You know why? Because we have relationships with one another. We're just not friends, man. We're friends for life. We're not just, we're just not anybody. You, we do life together. We fight for one another. But when you and I sit together, Jesus says we're two or three are gathered together in my name. When we gather together, in, whether in life groups or even on Zoom chats, not even physically, he didn't even say, hey, we're two or three are gathered together physically in a coffee shop. He doesn't even say that. You can gather together. What matters the most is agreeing upon what God says about your life group. I really feel like people have, have taken it easy. People have taken it and relaxed. Oh, I don't need to go to life group. Ah, no, no, no. It's, it's the same thing, man. We discuss about this and that. Life groups are taking a turn right now. I really believe that people's hearts are turning right now. Especially towards life groups. Because that's the community. That's your ecclesia. You can say, oh, well, I want to go to another, another life group because I have issues with these people. You can say that. But God planted you in this life group so that you can deal with your issues. You can deal with your issues, build strong relationships, bring your pride level down, bring your offense down, deal with all those things so that you and those people can agree together and establish something that will bring transformation in the world. That's our responsibility as Life Church Global, ladies and gentlemen. It's not just to do another church service. It's not just to do another life experience. My God, there are better things to do than this. It is one week where we receive the word, but it's seven days, the six other days of the week that we can come together and we can establish things. Relationships is not only just twice a week. Relationships is every day of the week. Call up a friend and say, hey, I want to agree with you for your breakthrough. Come on, man, come on. 
you and I, where two or three are gathered, pick up the phone and say, hey, I just want to call. I just want to check on how you're doing. Oh, I'm just struggling in this area. Oh, okay, cool. I'm going to come in agreement. Can you agree with me? Can we stand in agreement together? And let's agree for a breakthrough in this area. What does God say about this issue in your life? What does God say about sickness or disease in your life? I'm going to come in agreement with heaven and you come in agreement with me and we're going to establish this because we're the ecclesia of heaven on earth. This is the church that Jesus came to establish. This is the body. I really believe that there are people today who are watching the service, who were in life groups, who, had a, who have a cold heart towards life groups, who have a cold heart towards church right now, who, who are like, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I can watch the service any other day. But I want to challenge you on this. While the service is happening live, if you're not on those chats, if you're not agreeing with what is happening with the people, while, just imagine, if you are part of an assembly, okay, and you are called to an assembly now, and you decide that you're going to come the next day for the assembly, who are you going to agree with? We have a certain time, 3 p.m. on Friday, 7.30 p.m. on a Tuesday, Certain time. Heaven is watching. What are they doing? Are they, are they on time for life group? Are they on time for church? Are they, are they sitting together? Are they in agreement? Oh, come on, man. Are they in agreement? Are they saying yes and amen? I will do it. Hashtag, hashtag, hashtag. I will do it. I'm saying yes. I'm saying amen to that word. Why is it important? It's important because we are the ecclesia. Not just another building. Not just another service. Not just another offense. I can't be offended with you. Man, my breakthrough it remains is with your agreement with me. This is powerful. If I need a breakthrough in my life, yeah, for sure. I have the faith. I believe God. And I can get a breakthrough in my life. You must understand. David killed a giant. Yeah. David killed a giant and he got a wife. And he was in, people sang a song about him. But it took David to have 30 men, mighty men around him to make him king over Israel. Nah, come on, come on. It took David having an ecclesia around him. Mighty men. These mighty men did crazy stuff. There was a guy who killed 800 people with a spear. Hello. David killed one guy with a stone. He had mighty men around. There are mighty men and women in your life group that come together and say, you know what? I'm going to believe for Rabin's breakthrough. I'm going to believe for Sean's breakthrough. I'm going to believe for Murli's breakthrough. I'm going to believe for Chris's breakthrough. I'm going to believe for Maria's breakthrough. Why? Because God has spoken that Maria needs to get a job. And so because she needs to get a job, I'm coming in agreement with heaven and I'm going to establish it on the earth. Come on, somebody. I'm going to believe that somebody needs a breakthrough in their finances. I'm going to believe that somebody gets a new job. I'm going to stand here. I'm the assembly. We are the assembly. We come together. My vote is as powerful as your vote. But two votes come together, brings, establishes heaven on the earth. And I truly believe that from this week on, we will see a resurgence of attendance, not only with church, but also with life groups. Because when you need a breakthrough, 
you need those relationships. You need those people who are in your life group. You need the people in your church. It's not just church attendance, ladies and gentlemen. It's building relationships on a, at a life group level. So I want to bless you today. I want to declare God's abundance over you. I want, to, I want to pray over you right now. Father, I thank you for every single person that is listening to this message. Father, we understand our responsibility as your ecclesia on the earth. Father, we know that we're not here to just play games of offense or games of bitterness and anger with one another, but, but our breakthrough manifests because of the community that you have called us into, the ecclesia that you called us into whether it's at a life group level or even at the Friday service level, God. Father, I pray right now that every heart will be opened to the power there is in a kingdom community. That you have established the outpouring of the Holy Spirit happens through your community, through your body. And so, Father, today we commit to the people in our church. We commit to one another in our community, God. We commit to one another. We commit to being in relationship, building covenant relationship. Even though we are in different parts of the world, even though we don't physically meet today, we meet in the spirit every day, God. We commit to being in relationship with one another, Father. And we commit to establishing the kingdom of God, to establishing, establishing the, the, the rule of reign of heaven on the earth. And Father, I thank you that people in our church are agreeing with me as I declare right now that because there's no sickness in heaven, there is no sickness in Life Church Global. Because there is no disease in heaven, there is no disease in Life Church Global. Because there is no debt in heaven, there is no debt in Life Church Global. Debts are being paid off right now, Lord. I just release angels right now to go and bring cash and pay off people's debts. I thank you, Father, that right now that every business person that is in Life Church Global, that is submitted to the kingdom of God, that is in a life group, Father, we come alongside them today and we declare that their business will prosper in the name of Jesus. Every person who has a job will prosper in their job because we come in agreement that you want them to prosper. And Father, I pray right now for every person who is hurt or offended with this community, Father, we just release forgiveness over them. And we just open our arms, Father. We open our, the doors of our heart to welcome them because they, they become powerless without this community. We release a blessing over Life Church Global right now. We release a manifestation of the, of, the, of the new wine and the old wine that is in Life Church Global. Father, the wine of the Holy Spirit has been maturing over the last five years. Right now, we just ask you, Lord, to allow us to experience the vintage of the Holy Spirit in each and every person's life. In Jesus' name. Amen.